Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be Judges 16 and 1. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, woo. That's what it looks like when God empowers somebody to do something. You can do incredible things. But in just these very few verses, we haven't read much yet. In these very few verses, we get to see Samson's incredible strength contrasted against his incredible weakness. All in one little splotch right there. (laughs) He could rip up city gates, but he was so easily seduced by women. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And so the Philistines, uh, the ones that Samson hadn't killed yet, (laughs) those Philistines, uh, they're out for blood. They're out for blood over all those thousands of Philistines that he has killed. So they think this is a good time to catch him. We're going to catch him while he's in a bad spot. We're going to catch him while he's in sin. Israelites know they ought to not be playing with harlots like this. They think they've got the advantage on him. So they're going to catch him by surprise. But instead, I think Samson caught them by surprise by pulling up the city gate and carrying it away. (laughs) Uh, Who's getting surprised here? (laughs) He pulled up the entire city gate. He plucked it up like a flower. Now, you notice the text says nothing about any Philistines trying to attack him as he carried this gate away, because I'm inclined to think nobody dared try to, not after seeing that. I'm not going after him, (laughs) not after what I just saw. And another thing, city gates weighed a lot. They were heavy. They had to be super strong because they would close the gates at night to hold off enemy attack. They had to be strong. And now it doesn't say that Samson just picked up the gate. It says he also pulled up the gate posts. These gate posts were huge and they would have been sunk way down in the ground. He just ripped them up. And he also car- carried the bar that crossed the gate to lock it shut, the whole thing. Now I got to looking at gates, city gates of that time, and it depends on the size of the gate or the wall or the city, but those gates, all the wood and the metal and everything that was in it, those gates weighed probably over five tons, possibly up to 10 tons. And this is one guy pulled it up and carried it off. This is what God can do through his people. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he may not enable you to do strength like that, 
but he can do he can strengthen you just the same for great things that are you would think are impossible that other people would think are impossible i trust me it's impossible but godly possible that i'm even standing here as a pastor because there was once a time in my life when i said i will never set foot in a church ever again as long as i live never look what i'm doing right now Okay, I'm just saying, Samson carrying a gate, me doing this. It's all great stuff. There's power in that. That's, this is a man operating under the power of the Spirit of the Lord here. And so I seriously doubt that Samson just walked away because the Philistines were just asleep. Who is going to attack a guy carrying a five-ton gate? Nobody. I sure wouldn't. I wouldn't even do it with all y'all helping me. It's not going to happen. So what we see here is that God has the power to protect his people for the purpose of accomplishing his will. And now that includes you. God can protect me for accomplishing his will. We do things that people don't like. We go pray at Planned Parenthood. We go and do various things that people don't like. They're mad at us for it. Don't worry about them. You do what God told you to do. He can can protect you for doing his will. Now, I want you to take comfort in this for yourselves, that if you're His, if you're truly His, you've really given yourself to God, if you will walk in His power, God can keep the enemy off your back if you're going to do His work for His will. Isn't that good? I don't have to worry about what people are... I can't tell you how many people told me, no, Ray, you can't be a pastor. I tried it, and it didn't work. It won't work for you either. I've had dozens of people tell me that. That's very discouraging. I had to finally learn to stop listening to the enemy and do what God tells me to do, walk in his power. So by now you must be really shocked at Samson ripping this gate up like this. But Samson didn't just carry the gate a few steps and throw it down, did he? Okay, you know, 50 steps, that's good. Where does it say he carried the gate to? Verse 3, it says he carried it to Hebron. Where did Samson pull the gate up at? He pulled it up in Gaza. So how far away is Hebron from Gaza? Hebron is 40 miles east of Gaza. 40 miles. I think the, the, the day of a good, good journey, a let's book it and let's get it done journey that people could, healthy people could accomplish in that day was about maybe 25 miles if they really worked on it. He carried this thing 40 miles east of Gaza. And so he, it says he carried it 40 miles to Hebron to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Guys, you remember I used to walk uphill to school in the snow. You know? Okay, he walked uphill. It's easier going downhill. He went uphill. This just gets more amazing by the minute. Now, friends, God's Word is trying to show us that a flawed, messed-up human being like Samson is capable of doing great things when God's power is upon them. Because I'm telling you, I have messed up like Samson has messed up. He was just sleeping with a harlot. Well, God can't use him. Yes, he did. So I want you to take this for yourselves and think of all the mistakes you made and all the sins you made where the enemy says, no, you can't do that. Remember what you did. Remember what you did. You can't, God can't use you. You messed up too bad. Don't listen to that. You can. God can use you for great things still. This is quite a contrast we see going on already with Samson. One minute he's sleeping with a harlot, next minute he's pulling up gates and he's walking off with it. God's using him. Now, this is not a license to sin, but what I'm saying is God uses sinners. I am a sinner. I'm a forgiven sinner, but I'm a sinner. So anyway, 
Now that we're impressed with this incredible display of strength, let me add another layer on top of it. Why did he do this? (laughs) What's the point? Look how strong I am. Not just that. Why did he do this? I mean, you don't do something this big for nothing. There's a point to it. If you're going to carry a city gate really far like that, there better be some really significant reason why. So first off, the destination. What is so special about Hebron? Hebron is one of the six refuge cities that God established. He told Israel. He told Moses. Moses died. He had Joshua set it up. When you get into land, set up six cities, spread them out around so that the avenger of death, if somebody kills somebody and the avenger comes after you, you can flee to a Hebron city, plead your case, they'll let you in, and you can stay there protected. That's what refuge cities were for. And so you have here that Samson had just killed in the previous chapter. He had just killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey because they murdered his wife and father-in-law. But do you remember what he said before he, he killed the thousand Philistines? He said in Judges 15 and verse 3, Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. They just killed his wife and father-in-law. He's mad. Jawbone of a donkey, he slayed a thousand guys. And he says, this time, whatever I do, I'm blameless of it because of what they did. So now he's carrying this big gate to a refuge city. So remember, here in Judges 16, the Philistines, they are waiting outside. Remember, they showed up at night. They are waiting as what? As avengers of blood. They want to kill him. And so the spirit, I believe, woke Samson up at midnight and has him show them what it looks like when God's power flows through his people. But also to carry the gate to Hebron, a place of refuge, was to show everyone that he is blameless of the deaths of the Philistines he killed. He said, I'm blameless this time. And he's carrying a Philistine gate to a refuge city in Hebron to demonstrate, I'm blameless of this. I'm going to be protected. I'm under God's refuge. Nobody's touching him. He's under God's protection and strength the whole journey. Friends, I want to tell you, we've all sinned, we've all provoked God's wrath, and he's angry. But if you will get in his refuge, Lord Jesus, under the blood of Jesus Christ, he will protect you all the way through the journey of your life. Look at what Samson's showing us here. It's not just to carry a gate. Look how strong I am. There's a point to it. Carrying this Philistine gate through 40 miles of Philistine-occupied territory to Hebron is a tremendous display of power that shows that God is going to execute great judgment against the Philistines, and he's going to protect the Israelites, and that there's no blame they can cast on Samson to stop it. You can't stop it. Judgment's coming, or you're going to be protected. Which one are you? (laughs) Right now's a good time to get right with Jesus if you're not. Judgment is coming, but God also offers you protection if you get under the refuge of Christ. Where do you stand? Get right with the Lord. And so that's what Samson did to speak to the enemy at that time by carrying this gate. It it was showing them, you can't stop this. This is God's power. I'm blameless. I'm going to refuge, but you've got judgment coming. But also, I like to look at the prophetic, and it really concerns me that a lot of Christians say, I don't really care about prophecy. If you don't care about prophecy, you can't understand 1% of what's in the Bible. So I want to show you a prophetic element in this. 
I don't think Samson may have known this, but the Holy Spirit was enabling him to do this. But this show of strength here prepares the way for King David, who 100 years later would eventually complete Israel's full deliverance from Philistine oppression. David was going to come in and pick up from where Samson's leaving off by running the attack against the Philistines. How did I relate this to David? Because it is in Hebron where Samson is carrying the gate to. It is in Hebron where David first made his headquarters before moving to Jerusalem. We're not having this Philistine oppression no more. Samson, God's man, he's starting the conflict. Remember in Judges, it says God was looking for an occasion against the Philistines. So here's Samson stirring it up. He rips up the gate. He carries it to Hebron to the place of refuge, which is going to be where David picks up 100 years later and finishes the rest of the Philistine oppression. Look at the picture. Wow, this is prophetic stuff. I want to show you where it talks about Hebron with David. 2 Samuel 2 and 1. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, Where shall I go up? And he said, To Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David brought up the men who were with him, every man with his household. So they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Hebron is hugely important in this story we're in. Now, there's a, a one-century gap, a hundred years gap between Samson time and David, but they're, they're working for the same deal here. They're working to break the oppression of the Philistines because the king is coming. The king is coming. Messiah Jesus is coming eventually to sit on that same throne. It hadn't happened yet. We're looking forward to it. He's going to sit on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. The king is coming, but the oppression has to be broken. Friends, I want to ask you, are you living under oppression? Are you giving yourself over to sin? Does sin own your life? That oppression needs to be broken, and you need to get out from under it because the king is coming. This is prophecy here. So good. So he was anointed as King David in Hebron, the guy that came on the scene by slaying the Philistines' champion Goliath. Now, God used Samson to start the breakdown of Philistine oppression, but then he's going to use David to finish it off. Now, friends, I just want us to see this prophetic content and why Samson carried the gate to Hebron. You know, when you read in the Bible that says somebody did something, don't just go, oh, cool, he did that. Dig. Dig down. Don't be a lightweight. Dig down. <laughs> see what's going on. Why did he do this? That's my thing when I study is, why did he do that? Instead of just going, cool. I want to know why he did it. It was a demonstration of God's judgment against the Philistines that Samson was blameless, headed to a refuge city. He was blameless of the Philistine deaths. It was also a prophetic passing of the torch, so to speak, to King David, who would come in and finish the Philistine oppression once and for all. The king comes and finishes it off. Lord Jesus, my king, is coming to finish it off. He already did. He said it's finished. But you can't live under that oppression no more. you got to walk out of it. He gives you a way out. That's why he's called the way. Take him up on it. So now Judges 16 and 4. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies. 
Or if I say it like the, the Bible app I listen to, it would be like this. Entice him. Entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So look, okay, you can tell how scared the Philistines are of Samson. Now, after his demonstration of strength and judgment against them, they think killing him is going to solve their problem. Uh, They don't know the God they're messing with, do they? And so apparently Samson's one weakness for women has really gotten around. (laughs) That's that's the big clincher here. And again, we can relate this to ourselves. If you have a sin problem and it gets around and people know about it, boy, I'm telling you, the enemy is really going to use it against you. That's why I talk about repentance so much. Get out of there. Stop doing that. The enemy is going to use it. He's going to own you. So that's getting around that he's easily seduced by women. And so, hey, we got Delilah here. Let's use her. So the enemy is going to target his weakness. Judges 16 and 6. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. And you know what? It should have stayed that way, actually. <laughs> but the Lord had a plan in this. You ever found yourself in a situation where you got brought down? The Lord still uses that. And so Delilah here, her name means devotee, but she was probably a Philistine, maybe, because as we saw here, she's not devoted to anyone except the promise of getting 1,100 pieces of silver. I mean, she's devoted to that. Studies have been done that reveal the possibility uh, of her being a prostitute also. Samson just uh, spent the night with a harlot. She may have been a prostitute also, possibly, which matches up to the character of her using people to make money off of them. And so that's what she's trying to do here is make money off of this, off of her services. That plus the fact that Samson has a desire for prostitutes. Uh, Delilah can't be trusted is basically what I'm trying to say, whatever she is. She can't be trusted. She's after the money. Oh, my gosh, how bad of a problem do we have like that today? People love money. Did you know Jesus says you can't love money and me? You can't love both of us. Pick one, that's it. And and that's a big problem for Americans today because we have so much. Well, she loves money, and we just uh, you can't trust her. And so you can see how she doesn't trust Samson because she ties him up with seven bowstrings while he slept. Then she tested to see if he was telling the truth or not. She tested what he said by saying, the Philistines are here, come on, they're, they're in here, just to see what will happen when he wakes up. And so she's testing him to see if he's telling the truth or not. But he snapped it, and so she's going to try it again. Judges 16 and 10. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he told her, if they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, 
staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head into the weave, into the web of the loom. So she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. And so he didn't give the secret of his strength away at all by saying, tie my hands. But now he's starting to get a little bit closer to the truth now, isn't he? He's starting to get closer to his hair. He's starting to give. He's starting to, oh, what's the word? He's trying to compromise somewhere in there. Guys, don't compromise to the enemy. Never compromise to the enemy. When God gives you a direct call on your life, you get on that path and you go. And don't let people try to entice you off to the side or just a little bit or halfway. None of it. That's why it's called the narrow way. Get on the road and stay there. He's getting a little closer. He's starting to talk about his hair. Now, we have to remember that Samson is a Nazarite, and his uncut hair was the sign that he was obeying God's command of being a Nazarite. It's a sign of his vow. This wedding ring on my hand is a sign of my vow that I'm married to Anna. That's what this is. Nazarites had long hair as a sign of their vow that they were set apart unto God, and he was keeping himself holy. But what Samson is doing right now, sleeping with prostitutes, that's not very holy, is it? That's not very set apart, is it? He's already compromising his vows. I'm telling you, Samson confuses me. He really does. I can't figure him out. can't figure myself out either. Holy means set apart and unique. And being holy unto God means you should set yourself apart from the world and be just His. I'm just doing what God says. Oh, come on, Ray, let's go and do No. Oh, goody two-shoes. No, I'm just trying to be set apart unto God. That's all. I'm just trying to be holy. Samson's start, starting to break. And I know a lot of Christians today are starting to break. They're starting to, yeah, okay. And they go off and they start getting themselves in trouble. You see Samson getting close to trouble. Christians, people, at least if you're calling yourself one, stop compromising with the world. Don't do this. Get back on the narrow path and stay there. Well, I'll lose all my friends. Then lose your friends. It's better to be friends with Jesus than try to run with everybody else. But Samson's starting to walk into some dangerous territory here because now he's starting to talk about his hair. And the first two times he spoke about being tied by his hands and he broke them both times, but now he's talking about his hair. This indicates that Samson is starting to abandon his vow. And so Delilah, she just nags the tar out of him, doesn't she? I mean, she's really working it. You've lied to me. You've li she's lying to him. She's doing this for money. She's not doing it because she cares about him. So she does her little test. She uses a loom to make fabric out of the threads. She does her little test again. The Philistines are here, but he gets up and he breaks loose again. Now, I know what you might be thinking. How could somebody be dumb enough to fall for this time and time and time again? I mean, come on. I don't know. How can anyone fall for the same sin over and over again? How can anybody fall for the same addiction over and over again? And can we point our fingers at Samson too much now? We've got to look at ourselves a minute here. Falling for the same sin over and over again? How can, how can someone fall time and time again to something that brings them pleasure even though they know it's not good for them? Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.